open up the possibility of artists making their own technology, building their own tools, and not relying on some for-profit company to repurpose technology from some other industry and then ask them to pay a ton of money in licensing fee and hijack their data and make it so that they can't get their data out and move around. The safety in the numbers of this godforsaken town It's been a week since all of this went down Hello and welcome to Bringing Art and Technology Together podcast. I am your host for today, Ryan Price. This is episode 5 recorded on October 29th, 2013. With us, as always, is our lovely and talented co-host, Miss Catherine Neal. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Catherine, how, how much sleep did you get this weekend? Not much. <laughs> you, you kind of had a big deal going on down your way, right? Yeah, I was uh, one of the organizers and and gophers for uh, news for Volusia Pride this weekend. So I got almost no sleep this weekend, but it was a huge success. So I'm happy. Well, and there was a table of of NASA employees, which was was kind of cool uh, to see for me. And then they gave me NASA stickers, even though I wasn't necessarily like the target audience for the event. It was. Oh, sure you were. I was sure still I was still welcomed. Like one of yes. the family. Yes. Well, everybody was the target audience for the weekend. So uh, it was really a demonstration uh, that uh, that the LGBT uh, that LGBTs are part of the community. So it was for everybody. Yeah. So yeah. Well, and there was a great performance by the the Orlando Gay Chorus and the and the marching band. So yeah, that was that was pretty fun too. Yeah, we had a good time. Everybody came. Little kids, grandma, didn't matter if you were if you were LGBT or straight or into sock puppets or whatever. <laughs> Everybody well, and, was and welcome. October October to March is definitely the reason why I live in Florida. So this is it's a good time of good time to be down here. Yeah, definitely. All right. So we actually have a guest today and she's going to talk about actually a software tool created for artists and she works for an organization called fractured atlas it's selena juno vogel and you're in new york city right now selena i am in new york um but our organization works with artists all over the country all different kinds of artists from um actors and theater producers to musicians and fire spinners um if you call it art then we want to help you guys out Awesome, awesome. So yeah, Fractured Atlas has been around for what, almost 10 years, something like that? Yeah, a little more than 10 years. Um, it was actually originally started by our executive director, Adam Hutler, as a theater production company. Um, and he did that for a few years and kind of figured out that, um, well, he didn't think the world needed another theater production company. And he had uh, some strengths in the business side of, of running theater companies. And he had a lot of friends in the theater world who needed help kind of navigating some of those um, logistical elements of, of running a theater company, health insurance, liability insurance, things like that. So um, he actually, um, in 2002, kind of restarted the organization as an arts service group. That's great. Yeah, I, I've definitely known about it for a while. And um, actually, at one point, I was up there and visited the offices. And then there was, I guess there was like a competition going on at the time, like, post a video about Fractured Atlas on YouTube and you could win something. And I made, I, I took videos and I don't think I actually ever did anything with them, but. Wow. 
you should still send them. We still love seeing stuff that our members uh, produce in general, their artwork, um, and also what they think of us. I mean, um, we're a pretty unique organization, and sometimes it's hard to um, convey exactly all the different things that we do. So it's great when we have our friends and members kind of helping us refine that message. Um, so maybe I should actually kind of go over some of the things that we do. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and tell us, like, you know, when... There's there's a way that you can become like a an individual member, but there's also like organizations that kind of get get a lot out of of being a member too, right? Yeah. Um, so I mean, I think the biggest thing to understand about Fractured Atlas is that we exist to help artists succeed as entrepreneurs. Um, so what that means is that as an individual artist working in a variety of disciplines or an arts organization, we can help um, teach you and connect you to different services and tools that will help you kind of run a more sustainable business. We're not interested in the curatorial side of artwork, but we're interested in helping you connect to your audience and um, get your work out there and do it in a way that is sustainable and doesn't drain too much of your creative energies. We want to make it easy to do the business practical stuff so you can spend your energy on the, the creative stuff as much as possible. Yeah, I mean, and you mentioned, you know, like getting insurance and you guys do a lot of workshops. Yeah. So some of the big things that we do, um, we help artists do fundraising through something called fiscal sponsorship. Um, so that's kind of like an alternative to incorporating as a 501c3 nonprofit. Um, you can apply to us and you can then use that sponsorship to apply for grants that would only be otherwise open to nonprofits um, or to solicit donations from individuals or corporations and give them the tax deductible write-offs that a lot of donors are interested in. Um, so that's fiscal sponsorship. Another thing that we do is um, liability insurance. So depending on what kind of art you practice, um, there's a whole bunch of different uh, protections you should really have in place, stuff to protect your performers, the space you're in, your equipment. Um, there's a whole bunch of different uh, insurance policies for filmmakers, things like that. Um, and because our insurance, we actually work as insurance brokers and we work directly with insurance companies. Um, we, we know the whole world that's out there and we're practicing artists so we can really be a good educational advisory um, facilitator for making sure you get just the insurance you need and not too much. Um, and then, so fiscal sponsorship, fundraising, insurance, protecting your stuff. We also do a bunch of technology programs to help artists run their business. Um, we have a website that exists in 10 different cities called uh, Spaces. It's an online marketplace for artists to find performance and rehearsal space. Um, we have my program, Artfully, which I think we'll talk about a little bit more. Um, that's a tool and a web app that you can use to sell tickets, take donations online, um, and keep track of your fans. And then we do some other kind of data stuff, Catherine, this might be your kind of your interest, um, something called Archipelago. Um, it helps us track, um, it's really a tool for funders in the arts to help them see kind of where arts performances are happening <laughs> in a different um, geographical area, where the performances are happening, where the audiences live, where the funding is. Um, all kinds of stuff like that. You can layer all of those data sets on top of each other and visualize them. So that's, those are some of the big things. We do a whole bunch of other kind of arts education stuff. We have a bunch of um, uh, online learning tools for learning about different skill sets for being a good arts business person, um, visa letters, stuff like that. Yeah, it's, it's a great organization. And, and if this is the first time you're hearing about Fractured Atlas, then... Is it fracturedatlas.org? People should go check out. Yep. Okay. Yep. So, fracturedatlas.org. Sorry, I got you right when you were getting the coffee. Drinking my tea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. So, 
Catherine, your reactions? No, it sounds fabulous. I I wish I'd known about them for this past weekend. We were running around trying to find all sorts of insurance and things like that, and we could have probably used them. <laughs> yeah. For next year. We'll remember this for next year. Next year. Yeah, I mean, especially <laughs> for festivals and public events like that, a lot of time um, city governments or the spaces that you're you're renting or occupying will require that you have certain um, insurance protections to, to use their space. Um, so Definitely. Come talk to us. Come talk to us. <laughs> next year. Next year. Right. It was a huge, it was a huge headache this past year. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm involved in some event organization and we have we have a similar kind of a that physical sponsorship deal with a local like professional association and it is it is a godsend. I mean also one of the great great things is they lend us their treasurer to do some of our accounting. So I highly recommend it anybody organizing an event find find an organization to kind of partner up with somebody who's established, somebody who's got a nonprofit status um and, you know, Fractured Atlas could definitely be a, a great, great resource to look out to yeah, for that. Yeah. Physical sponsorship is, is a really great tool, especially for individual artists or small groups that are just getting started. I mean, it takes a lot of time and money to apply for a 501c3 and then to maintain it over the years. I mean, you've got to do annual filings for the government. You have to maintain a board. Um, and if you're not sure, sort of like, the longevity of your project or the exact direction of it, um, it's nice to have a flexible tool like fiscal sponsorship. Um, and we are actually the largest fiscal sponsor in the country of, of arts organizations or any projects. Um, we've got about 3,000 of them. Um, and because we operate at that scale, there's a lot of benefits that come with our fiscal sponsorship program that sometimes you might not get from just uh, another nonprofit in your community. Um, yeah. We do a lot of education about how to do fundraising. We review grants um, that our sponsees are going to be submitting to make sure the language and the budget and everything sounds all right. Um, and there's a lot of tools online to, to manage your funds and do things like that. So, you know, you got to shop around and figure out what um, what business structure is going to work for your project. But um, if you're looking for something that's really flexible, I suggest you check out Fractured House. Well, and I know, you know, every so often one of my friends will say, hey, I applied for this grant and I got it. And so they send you the link to like the list of these are all the people that won. And then you see you know, this person's name, Fractured Atlas, like there, it's always kind of like co-listed in there. So it is definitely yeah. a very prolific thing, your, your physical sponsorship yeah. program. It's a lot of, we have strong relationships with a lot of the arts funders throughout the country and in, and in, in more regional communities too. Um, in some ways being sponsored by Fractured Atlas is kind of a imprimatur of a project. You know, it's a, it's a seal of, of approval and it says that this project, it's, this isn't just some crazy guy off the street asking for money. Like they've gone through, uh, they've gotten over a couple of hurdles in our application process, and they have some legitimacy. Um, and the the, the grant making organizations also know that if there's any trouble, that we're going to be there to like help smooth the way and, and make things as, as easy as possible. Yeah, because you you guys you guys have that sort of added ability that you're going to make sure that they carry out the the terms because otherwise you look bad. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we want to make sure our guys are out there doing the right thing. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Basically, you're you're there to serve. You do the due diligence, basically. Um. Yeah. To to some extent. I mean, again, we're not we're not curatorial with our projects. Uh, the basic right. criteria for fiscal sponsorship is that um, it needs to be artistic in nature. 
um, and and nonprofit. Um, so you can't have investors with a fiscal sponsorship relationship. Right. You can't be like, oh yeah, I'm going to do this thing, and then you guys are all going to make a ton of money in a couple of years down the road. Hmm. Um, so I mean, it sort of has has a similar criteria to having a nonprofit without so much of the the formal bureaucracy of maintaining that tax status. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Sorry, we may have gone on a little long with this subject because the big thing that you work on and that we want to talk to you about is actually this new project that's not necessarily a brand new project, but sort of had like a big public launch recently is Artfully. I've, I've been following this project for quite a while. It's actually got a different name now. And I don't know, you want to tell us about it and who who is it for and and... Maybe, maybe just like, what's the, what's the elevator pitch? And then we can go into some of the details. Yeah, sure. Artfully, artful.ly is the website. It's a web app, and it's actually a platform that has a bunch of different functions to help artists run their business. So the key functions that we have right now are uh, ticket selling, taking donations online, and tracking uh, fans and prospects. So it's something akin to brown paper tickets or Eventbrite for ticketing plus like a donate now button or charity navigator or PayPal button that a lot of artists have on their websites for taking donations, plus uh, a CRM, a constituent relationship management database. Some folks use, maybe if, if you're really savvy, you're using something like Salesforce, or maybe you're just kind of like keeping a list of people in your Gmail um, or have some Excel doc somewhere. But the whole idea of putting all of these things together, the ticketing history, the donation history, and the contact information, is that as an artist, the more information you can keep track of about your fans and how they're supporting you, the more you can connect with them and build stronger relationships. Hopefully get them to come to more shows, buy more tickets, make more significant donations, volunteer with you. Um, and the idea is that if you can collect all of that data in one place, it's really going to give you insights about how to make those relationships stronger. Yeah. So that's the overall spiel. Artfully, since this is a tech podcast, we'll jump right into some of the tech nerdiness around it. It exists kind of in two flavors. We host it as a web app. Our servers are merchant processors. So you can just go on and create to artful.ly, sign up, create an account, and do all of your ticketing and all of that through the web app. But we're also an open source project. We have been since day one. We take that core code that's behind the web app and we stick it up on GitHub and you can download it for free and you can customize it, put it on your own servers, all of that. And we're really excited about that because we're just getting to the point with uh, feature development that it, it's really enticing for people to start using it as an open source project and contributing some additions to the, the code base. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a cool project. So like I said, I've, I've known about this project for quite a while. I mean, it must be, what, almost three or four years since, maybe even longer than that, since they started like coming up with the idea for it. And I think the, the big push really started when the idea of selling your stuff online became not like a novel idea, but almost an imperative. And yeah. from what I understand, the people from your organization and a lot of other organizations got together and they did a massive survey of what people were looking for, what they were currently using, what those projects could do, the ways they could talk to each other. And they they originally started out and they just wanted to make this really robust like server program. And then they, through, through many trials and tribulations, decided, actually, we're going to write something that's like a hosted service that you could just sign up for, just like you could sign up for Eventbrite. That's, you know, end-to-end, -end, you know, click-and-go kind of a service. And all you really need to do is just have an email address and a bank account. 
Am I right about that? Yeah, you're right. Um, so the project has kind of been around in one form or another for about five years. Um, and in a lot of ways, it's the culmination of the work that we've been doing as a service organized organization for many years before that. Um, we just heard from artists all over the country, our members, our friends, that there weren't good options out there for affordable, flexible ticketing um, and, and donations and CRM. Um, and that the products that were out there um, that were pretty technologically strong um, were very, very expensive. Um, you know, the things that the Metropolitan Opera or Lincoln Center run on cost tens of thousands of dollars a year in licensing fees. And for the guys that we work with, we work, you know, mostly with individual artists and small arts organizations. Like, that, that's not even an option. That's way too expensive to even consider. But like you were saying, Ryan, it's becoming more and more standard that artists of any size or scale do online transactions and they keep track of their fans and they offer, they sell their tickets in advance and they, you know, are always make um, it easy to make a donation whenever someone's inclined to do so. So in some ways this project is about democratizing that, that technology and those best practices that large, large arts organizations have been doing for years. Um, you know, in my, my sort of like lefty liberalism, I'm like, yes, we're bringing technology to the masses. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, but seriously, that is kind of part of, of the spirit of the project. Um, and that ties into the open source part of the project, too. We really didn't want to um, just be another ticketing company out there charging money and sort of building something that we think people need. We wanted to be in constant communication with artists and arts organizations about the exact features they were looking for um, and how they would prioritize them, how they wanted them to work. Um, and so, like you said, we started this project off by doing um, a bunch of what we call um, community-driven design sessions. Um, and we went a bunch of different cities all over the country, um, New York, uh, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Detroit, um, gosh, where else? San Francisco, Minneapolis, and we convened these design sessions. They're kind of like focus groups, but with less of like a for-profit kind of evil connotation yeah. to them. Um, <laughs> really trying to make it a more community-based um, idea sharing. So we'd invite a few dozen artists, arts organizations to come, and we'd do these deep dives into feature requirements for things like ticketing. And we um, had all these systems for sort of like working through step by step all of the procedures and protocols and how people, you know, wanted ticketing to work and, and the features that they wanted to have. Um, so we still do community design sessions, but we also um, maintain a feature request form that's really active. A lot of our current users, prospective users, will post features they'd like to see us build there, and then they can vote for features that are already have already been suggested. And the stuff that's at the top of the queue, the stuff with the most votes, is the stuff that we pay a lot of attention to and that we try to build um, as quickly as possible. I'll put that out there. Great. Yeah. So, uh, Catherine, what what's your thoughts about this? I think I think it's wonderful. I mean, I think it's absolutely um, necessary for 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 the ni for the niche, because there are so many independent artists and small groups and small galleries and that sort of thing that are out there that need something like this because they can't afford the ten thousand dollar piece of software or whatever. And especially in this day and age, when more and more people are going independent or very small collaborative group. You know, it's absolutely necessary to have something like this, and as, and of course, I'm a huge advocate for anything that's open source. So, yeah, yeah it's power to the people. You know, 
Well, and and I've done I've done. I, some... I had myself muted so you don't, didn't hear my chair of support there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've you know I've done some work in like in in bands like pop bands and there's a lot of innovation in the space around selling music but then that idea of like buying a ticket to a show 99 times out of 100 it's just like give us cash out the door or we don't even want to deal with ticket prices because we just want you to buy the right. stuff so just show up and buy a couple of beers and buy a couple of records and shirts and they they don't know who's buying their stuff. It's it's all done in cash. It's all done over the table. And a lot of times somebody else is watching your stuff. So you don't even know. You can't always have that like one-to-one connection with people. Like one thing I, I like about technology and some of this connection that's possible is that, that there is that opportunity to, you know, kind of make the, make further connections with somebody. Hey, did you know I have a newsletter? Did you know that I'm also involved in this side project that you can kind of like, if you have more to share, that there's ways to share it now. And it there's certain scales or certain distances you cover that don't always make that easy. So that's, that's one thing I really like about technology. And uh, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's my, that's my, yeah. So I think Ryan, you bring up a really good point about that um, that paradigm of sort of cash at the door music performance. Um, and while that has a really great kind of um, impromptu community based feel to it, the problem with with just doing cash at the door is that if you have super fans who really want to see your show, but like maybe are going to be five minutes late, you know, maybe they're not going to get in because you've sold out at the door. You want to be able to um, give your super fans that a chance to do some advanced ticketing to make sure that the people who have really been supporting your work can get in the door. Um, another reason advanced ticketing is so super important is because you need to be able to watch your sales for an event. I mean, if you've only sold like two tickets out, then it, you're going to have some different strategies about how you promote the show and um, where you extend it and, and know when to push and when to back off. Um, and that's just kind of basic uh, you know, practical marketing and promotion that you need to keep in mind. And, and then also, Ryan, you, you brought this up too. I mean, it's a personal connection. It's an opportunity for an artist to... Um, extend their relationships to extend their brand. If they're selling tickets in advance, it's one more touch point to be connecting to your fans, to get them on the mailing list, to um, get them to know who you are. And if you're just at some venue and you have some the guy who runs the venue taking cash at the door, you're totally losing that opportunity. The fans aren't coming to give the guy at the door cash. They're coming to see you. They're coming to see your performance, your music, and you should be in control of as much of that interaction as possible. Absolutely. Exactly. I mean, I know that for this, for example, the 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 Pride event we put on this last weekend is is very much unlike a lot of Pride events, um, and we have no way of knowing, you know, how many people showed up because we had people from the LGBT NASA group, and how many people showed up because we had female impersonators. Those it would be great to know, okay, what was the big draw for people? Should we have more people, say, from the makerspace and, and the more techie stuff, or should we have more of the fun music stuff? You know, how do we know what our demographic really was? Did we have more people who were more of the allies for the LGBT community, or did we have more LGBTs showing up? 
we have no idea. We don't even know what our age, our predominant age group was because we're so young in this process here in, in the county I live in. Well, and getting that kind of information would be really, really very useful. We can only guess at how many people showed up. Where it's all, it's all anecdotal evidence, and somebody will say, exactly. I, I, I thought that there were a lot of women there, but that's what they wanted to see. Or they'll say, I saw a lot of kids there, but they, wanted, they, they were looking for them kind of a thing. So, yeah. so one thing um, Selena, I know, um, artfully does is it integrates with like MailChimp. And so you could then collect all the email addresses from people and you could send them a survey, right? So this is something that, that's really easy to do with your tool. Yeah, um, we have a MailChimp integration. Um, I'm a big fan of MailChimp. Um, they've got a great API, and they made it really easy to, to build an integration with them. Um, they're also huge supporters of the arts. Like That's one of their corporate, corporate social responsibility priorities. So I see them all the time at arts conferences. And I think you know, as we were looking for email marketing tools, we, we went with MailChimp just because they, they have really good technology and good, good principles in that way. Um, but the MailChimp integration, basically, um, you grab your API from your MailChimp, your mail, sorry, your API key from your MailChimp account, and then you drop that into your Artfully um, setup, and then it'll just copy over all of your lists that you have in MailChimp. So all of the names and email addresses that you've been collecting in MailChimp from your subs email subscription um, services, and then um, and then you can see when you're looking at someone's profile, you just pull up this page, and it's got their email, and you can put social media info and their snail mail address and phone numbers, all that contact information plus all of their ticketing history, plus all of their donation history. And then it also you can see which MailChimp list they're on. Um, so that's really helpful as you're thinking about sort of what's this person's history of interaction with the organization. You know, maybe you present a bunch of different kinds of art forms and they're really only interested in dance. Um, you know, knowing what list they're on and what communications <laughs> they're getting and seeing what tickets they're buying will help you just kind of hone that uh, message to them and build that stronger relationship. Um, yeah, and MailChimp is an awesome tool. You can do all sorts of fun um, analytics stuff on the MailChimp side with A-B testing um, and segmenting your list and, and seeing what your click and open rates are there. Um, great tool. So, so definitely, And it's free, up to 2,000 subscribers. Yeah, they, they have a lot of which, really great free plans. Like, yeah. I, I yeah. do commercials for MailChimp almost every day. <laughs> <laughs> they're really cool. A, and they're based in Atlanta, so they're kind of reasonably they are, they local. They're kind of in guys. our neighborhood. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so Mailchimp. If you if you've got an existing Mailchimp list, definitely one really easy way to get all of your your customers into the CRM portion of Artfully. Um, but you guys support a, a number of different ways. If you've got you know a, a spreadsheet with everybody's stuff, or if you if you are using another tool like Salesforce, you can you can get that stuff in there, right? And then yep. the 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 thing that you want to do is if you do know about you know, this person I know came because of the, you know, the artists that were there, or this person came because they have a family, or this person came because they really like being near the ocean. You can you can start making those notes on on people's like individual profiles, and it's not supposed to be a creepy thing. You're not you're not trying to like steal their identity. You you just want to serve your customers better, right? Right, absolutely. So the features that we have for that, um, I mean, this is just, this is totally normal and this happens in, across industries. We're just kind of trying to share this best practice, like I said, with artists. Um, but it's just keeping track, it's not creepy, it's just keeping track of your interactions with your fan. 
it's like having a really good memory. <laughs> um, and you can put tags on people, you know, if they've got special interests, and then you can search by tags and find everybody who has that shared interest. Um, you can do notes, just kind of ad hoc notes on a record. Um, you can log um, alongside the ticket sales and the donations. You can log um, communication interactions. You know, did you have a phone call with them on a certain date? What did you talk about? Did you have a, um, a Google Hangout chat on a certain date? What was the topic of that fabulous podcast interview? <laughs> um, and all of those things, just, just building that information and keeping, keeping track of all of that stuff. I mean, I have a terrible memory. Um, but when I do remember things about people, we have all had that experience, right? When you something pops in about a friend or an acquaintance and you can remember that and ask them about it, it just strengthens the relationship. And it's not creepy. It's just about building good, strong relationships. Well, and this, this really helps too when you have more than one person in your organization, which is almost always true. You know, very few people are true hermits. So you have, um, I mean, we, you know, we were running the co-working space for the last two and a half years and someone would come in, I'd be volunteering at the front desk and they'd say, can you tell me about my event? And I would have this moment of panic. And then I would say, wait a second, we have some of this stuff written down here. Let me see if somebody left a note. And then I can go and I say, yes, you're supposed to have 20 chairs. You're setting up at five 30. This is going on. You want to just have that system where you've got stuff written down and it's the same thing with if you send someone a thank you note, you want to you want to keep track of the fact that you sent them a thank you note so they don't get five thank you notes. Not that that wouldn't be right. a good thing, but yeah. you don't want to you want to be you don't want to get mixed messages. You don't want to cross the streams. You know, if someone yeah. asks I mean, you if you're a god, you say yes. Yeah, that's huge with like, especially when you're getting um, a little more serious about fundraising and cultivating donors. It's so critical that you keep track of every interaction and that your staff knows to check this, you know, your whole team knows to check this one place and see where you are in the communications. Because like, it just is such poor form if um, one person in your organization is calling the funder and asking them a question and then later that day someone else from your organization is calling and asking a different question. Like, we just kind of expect people that in organizations to have their stuff together and be on the same page and have that shared information. But, you know, we've been in that situation where we know that's so hard to make sure all of our teams know every little detail. So our play CRMs in general are great tools to make sure everybody is doing what they're doing and on the same page about what communications have been sent and how you're interacting with, with a prospect. Great. Cool. So, Catherine, any, any questions you have uh, for Selena about Artfully? No, I just want to go out and use it now for next year's uh, <laughs> event. <laughs> well, you could start now. Cool. You could get everybody in there. I would love it if you guys tested out the web app and played around with that, too. But it would be even cooler if you um, downloaded the code with, from GitHub and like kind of messed around with it. Maybe you have some ideas for some new features or modules that we could, we could add onto it. Yeah, we're the target, target audience, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> people with just enough skills to to type, you know, Ruby gem install, and, and yep. go for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, we've got a bunch of really great things on our horizon. We're building features right now for organizations to sell memberships or season passes um, to track kind of more complex relationships between people in your database. So defining employer employee or um, couples and householding stuff like that. Um, we're we're actually in the process. We're about uh, 70%, 80% done with an iPhone app for scanning QR codes on tickets to validate tickets so at the important. door. 
um, and that'll be a free app, so you can just have anybody in your company download it onto their iPhone or their touch, and um, you just have to scan a QR code and check people into an event so you know exactly who came. Um, so we've got a bunch of really cool stuff on our horizon, um, and we're you know really excited to see as as word about Artfully spreads and as we get connected with folks like you, um, what other cool ideas folks come up with. Oh, then I'll build the uh, the the uh, really cool analysis app for the data science part with the cool the All graphs right. and stuff. How's that? You get some Hadoop awesome. and some awesome. big table, and you throw it in there. Yeah, yeah, throw it all in there and have it 3D with, you know, the bars and all this stuff. Reporting is awesome. We, we need more of that. We need more of that. <laughs> well, that's what Catherine does. Uh, hey, she's, she's looking for a job. <laughs> yeah, I'm always looking for a job. As long as I can stay on the beach and work from home and occasionally fly out and fly back, we're good. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's, let's talk, Catherine. Let's, let's see what we got for you. So, um, so you mentioned uh, there's an iPhone app that you're working on it. But yeah. one thing I think is great is that you guys have your roadmap is out there in the open. I can go to um, on the Artfully website and right now there's a on the features page for example there's a, there's a bunch of check marks that says hey we've got a wordpress plugin hey you can do this you know free events are free all this kind of stuff but then you got a couple of check marks that are not checked in yet and and you're you're adding stuff all the time too you have oh yeah your roadmap out there and you say version 1.3 coming soon is going to have this so i think that's that's admirable and it's the right way to do it. Some people who have quote open source projects, <clears throat> Google, um, they don't <laughs> tell you what's coming in the next version until they've already written it. And it's definitely a way to do it. And it's still technically open source, but it's not my kind of open source. Did I did I <clears throat> Google enough? Okay. <laughs> I'm so bad. Yeah, I mean, like, we're not trying to pretend that we know everything or, like, you know, what exactly we're going to be doing five years from now. The technology is changing. The way that artists run their businesses is changing. Um, and if you have a roadmap that's, you know, carved in, in stone for the next five years, then um, by the time you get around to building it, it might be irrelevant. Um, so we're really trying not to commit ourselves too far out um, and to just sort of, be responsive, be nimble, um, keep building, keep listening. Um, I mean, I think, Ryan, I think you're looking at even the short version of the public um, roadmap. We have a much longer version of the public roadmap um, within our knowledge base. It's also publicly accessible. And that feature request form I mentioned earlier is filled with hundreds of suggestions of features. And who knows, maybe there's something that's like at the bottom of the list right now, some suggestion somebody made that is just going to blow up next week, and it's going to get a ton of votes, and all of a sudden it's going to become a higher priority for, for artists, um, and we'll be listening. And the NSA will be listening. And the NSA. <laughs> listening can be good. <laughs> if anyone in the NSA is listening right now, hello. But the, saving, but the saving grace is you're not re resting on your laurels. You're actually planning what your next move is. Yeah, yeah. Um, we got, we've got a bunch of different projects going. Um, yeah, we're excited about it. I mean, you know, from a from a technology standpoint, this kind of project really wouldn't have been possible like five years ago. Um, our project relies a lot on some really cool tools, um, 
like GitHub, like Heroku, uh, Twitter Bootstrap, Ruby on Rails, these sorts of technologies um, really make a project like, um, sorry, my, my other phone is ringing, um, really make a project like ours um, possible, you know, like an arts organization, a nonprofit arts organization building software, like that's kind of crazy. <laughs> um, but we're trying to push the envelope a little bit and, and open up the possibility of, of artists making their own technology, building their own tools, and not relying on some for-profit company to repurpose technology from some other industry and then ask them to pay a ton of money in licensing fee and hijack their data and make it so that they can't get their data out and move it around. Um, yeah, we're <laughs> we're trying to be the good guys, <laughs> trying to be the white hats and <laughs> riding into the sunset. Um. <laughs> okay, so so if anybody else is here from another arts organization, I could just like take that, snip it out, and and share it with everyone. That that was beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> Definitely. That's that's like the uh, somebody could you know like it's maybe not at the stone tablet level just yet, but. It's pretty close. Pretty close. First draft. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. That's that's what I'm trying to say. So, um, so Selena, how did you get to be the manager of this this big technology project and and kind of like what's your background? How did how do you get to Fractured Atlas? Yeah, pretty circuitous route. Um, I was a painter in undergrad, but wasn't really interested in being in my studio by myself all day and kind of discovered this world of arts administration, this idea that you could use a bunch of different skills to help people um, manage their creative projects and um, kind of make their artwork. Um, so I worked for a bunch of different organizations doing that kind of stuff, um, got a master's in nonprofit management somewhere in there. And then in the meantime, I'd been keeping my eye on Fractured Atlas, um, just were a really cool, innovative organization in, in my field, and they started hiring some very cool people that I admired a lot. Um, Ian David Moss is a, is a super arts data geek nerd um, with a great blog, blog called Create Equity. You all should check out if you're into that. Um, and, and a bunch of other people, and they just um, they uh, appealed to me to come in on this project as a domain expert um, and really kind of help the, the programmers figure out exactly what to build and understand the users um, and prioritization and kind of be the, the woman at the center of it kind of, um, you know, I'm also involved in, in grants to fund this as well and, and supervising customer service. So um, just kind of keeping track of all the little things and getting people on the same page and, and um, yeah, kind of shepherding, shepherding Adam Hutler's original vision for this project. Cool. So how many people would you say are working on, on artfully at least part-time? Um, well, it's a little tricky in the math. Um, so I'm full-time, and our lead developer, Gary Moore, is full-time as well. Um, and then we've got um, a couple other kind of part-time, as-needed contract relationships and staff. Um, we're actually looking for another full-time uh, developer on Artfully right now. Um, you can check out our job posting on Stack Overflow. Um, and then we've got a couple um, customer service people, you know, answering phones and responding to emails, helping people uh, get onboarded and use the software as well. Awesome. And um, do you get do you get up to much painting these days? <laughs> um, no, not as much as I would like. Um, I, I feel like you know, uh, helping figure out user interface design is like the extent of my, my aesthetic ambitions right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I'll get back to it. 
I mean, I think once you're an artist, once you're a maker, it's it's always in you, and it's just you go through phases of channeling that towards different projects for periods of time, and then move on to something else eventually. Cool. All right. Well, um, I do just want to take one quick minute, and uh, we we asked our our uh, constituents, our constituents. It's a very fractured atlas way of saying it. The the people out there. Um, to send us some feedback, and we did get one, at least one little bit from a good friend of ours, Nathan Salikoff. I just want to read this out. He said, nice job on the latest podcast. I enjoyed the local focus, He's because we were talking about Maker Fair, and I think you were well positioned to bring together disconnected communities in the Orlando area. Uh, for example, Bethany Michael was in the fine art world, but came to the mini Maker Fair, which I think is fantastic. We need more of that in Orlando. I'm going to say we need more of that everywhere. Um, and he says, I'm usually surprised at what people don't know is already happening here. And uh, yeah, so so definitely a good, good Orlando-centric comment from Nathan. And we are on social media sites like Facebook. We have a Bat Ideas Facebook. We have a Bringing Art and Technology Together Google+. And you can always go to battideas.com and you can get all the past episodes. You can get show notes about this episode, all the links that we talked about today, um, links to find Selena. So Selena, if, if people do want to follow you, find out what you're working on, how do they do that? Um, I mean, the first place to start is the website artful.com. Ly, um, we're also um, our Twitter handle is artfully HQ. Um, we make kind of major feature announcements there um, and promote some cool artists that we find as well. Um, and if you're uh, really into uh, to programming and you want to mess around with the open source code, um, you can get to that on GitHub and you can fork us. Um, and yeah, those are the primary ways to follow us, keep track. Very cool. Very cool. Very cool. Thanks, guys, for having me. Um, I really hope that you guys will uh, maybe fork us on GitHub and play around <laughs> a little bit with that code. It's it's a. Uh, I'm definitely going to do the you know the clone thing. And how far do we get is a uh, somewhat dependent on free time at the moment. But we have this uh, urban rethink project that is going to be like coming back around. It's it's we've lost our space. We're regrouping. We're reevaluating everything about this organization right now and uh if for me it actually takes away probably about 60 percent of what we wanted to do with technology is just handled by your tool so we're definitely interested in looking at it as far as that's concerned and maybe get some more some of our own little plugins in about like renting rooms at you know renting out our meeting rooms which from what i could tell is probably not in scope of, of artfully right now and maybe doing some more membership-based stuff there. <laughs> that would be a really cool add-on, and I think something other folks could benefit from, too. Um, you know, a lot of, like, dance studios and places like that um, need to keep track of those things internally. So, yeah, have you guys have you guys had any... I'm trying to do the wrap-up, but then I'm still asking questions. Have you guys had any, like, <laughs> big contributions from third parties yet, or it's... Um, no, not yet. Um I mean, we've, you know, we've done proof of concept with the open source and, and messed around with that, and I had some friends of ours do that. The thing is that we're really, in the um, development of the project, we're just getting to the point where the features that are in the core code um, are robust enough to make it worthwhile to really download it and hack on it. Um, you know, it was, it was pretty 
basic previously, you know, in the last year or so. Um, and so it wasn't really, it didn't make sense for an organization to invest that time and money in really customizing it and setting it up. But now that we're adding things like uh, memberships and printable tickets and reserve seating and, and all of that stuff, it's that, that value proposition is really starting to tip. Um, Great. So we've got a few people who are interested in, who are going to be doing the open source implementations in the next year, um, and we're really excited to work with them and get that ready to go. Awesome, awesome. So, uh, Catherine, anything that you want to plug while you're here? Uh, no, I'm just I'm just plotting how I can use this for Volusia Pride, for a project I'm working on with a, a big project, uh, uh, a group I work with. They're based in New York called Tweetspeak Poetry. That I have to I am their IT department, <laughs> um, <laughs> and a few other projects I'm working with, and I'm just plotting how I could use this tool right now. So you've given me lots of ideas to make my awesome. life easier. Well, <laughs> good, good. Yeah, and we're, we're so excited about more integrations, more not just more modules and more features, but um, integrations. You know, we'd love to make um, an automatic, um, some sort of integration with Twitter, right, so that if, if somebody who's following you on Twitter tweets something at you or, or mentions you, that that's automatically going to get logged in their, their record as well. So you would see those social media interactions. Um, uh, in their feed, interac interactions feed. Cool. Ooh, maybe cool. we could have a, a, a data science module. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> um, we messed around with um, this really cool tool that we're just kind of starting to play with, um, but we're doing these like concentric circle models so that you can look at your ticket sales for an event and you can break it down by different layers of like criteria, like what kind of ticket did people buy, what payment method, uh, did they use a discount code? Where did they buy the ticket? And you can sort of see slices. Um, this oh, so visualization. So yeah. you have a visualization. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So that's not it's not totally glitch free at this point, but we're messing around with it, trying to make it do what we want. Uh, we, I mean, we're so used to you know as a culture, we're so used to seeing data in these really digestible forms that there's no reason that um, we shouldn't expect that of, of a CRM as well. Um, right. It should be easy. You shouldn't have to call your IT guy to pull a crystal report for you or whatever. You should just, it should be intuitive. <laughs> Throw some search yeah. terms in there and you layer it up. <laughs> like, we can do that. We're going to yeah. make that happen. <laughs> okay. Very cool. I'm, I'm going to call the show to a close because I'm sure we could keep going for a long time. We will clearly just have to have you back on sometime, Selena, so that you can tell us all, all right. of the new stuff and all of the great people that have been using the project. And uh, this has been Bringing Art and Technology Together, podcast number five. And uh, definitely go visit artful.ly. So, might, so my story might change. I'm warning you. <laughs> oh, that's that's fine. <laughs> She's so, actually a Russian spy. <laughs> <Ooh. laughs>